welcome to the Creatives Chronicles. My name is Bright Emeka and I'm your host for today. This is the podcast that tells the stories of creative professionals, giving you the information, motivation you need to get started, stay focused and thrive as a creative professional. Today on the show, we have a phenomenal mind in the house. He is, uh, as he likes to call himself, the computer vision prodigy. He is a data scientist and a passionate developer. We have on the sh- on this episode, Mr. Abdulmalik Mustafa Abdullahi. Thank you for joining us today. <coughs> Thank you. Wow, wow, it's it's really, really, really a pleasure. I appreciate uh your time and uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll, before we get started, we want to go back um and talk about your story. We are already talking about you on the way here. <laughs> so let's just <laughs> go back and take your story. How did you get into the world of tech and um, computers, computing and programming? Tell us the story. Okay. Um, I grew up in a very, like, very little home that all of us love creative things. I can remember when I was at the age of three, two, um, three, my brother, after coming back from school, I would take his book, textbook, and draw the drawings I see. So I can remember at the age of five, my dad bought my sister her laptop. So I don't actually know what a laptop was at then, but I just know it's a computer. And a computer is a device that we can play game with it. <laughs> <laughs> so when my brother took the system, and we're exploring, because there was no password, we're exploring to um, got this place to play game. All these Windows 7 arcade games. Wow. So we started playing game that night. We don't even know what we were playing. We were losing, but we were learning on the way. <laughs> okay. We were playing the games, playing the games, playing the game, playing the game. Till at the age of seven, games started boring me. Mm-hmm. So I started learning more about the computer parts, Microsoft Word, and the rest myself because I had laptop with me. Mm-hmm. So. I was learning about all the components of computers. In fact, I think I started seeing code since seven. Wow. Okay. But I don't actually know what it means. I only edit the part I want. Mm-hmm. And just see if like reverse I was reverse engineering at seven or eight, I think. But I don't actually know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I know that I just do this to give me this. So sometimes when I change the feature of the Windows operating system. My brother be like, what did you do? <laughs> Come and fix what you did. So it's reached a time that a certain level that I was seized from using the computer. Wow. <laughs> because I do a lot of things that people at home don't even know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So I am very good at computers. So what happened was in SS1, uh, in my school we did QBasic, basic programming language. Now, so I was interested in computer, then I came back home. After the first class, I wrote a game in QBasic, um, which is 40 leaves. I bought it 40 leaves because the computer I was using was just 4 bits and the software was 32 bits. Mm-hmm. So I wrote a game, 40 leaves, and I debugged the code, everything on paper. On paper. In fact, I was even indenting all these stuffs. On paper. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to school the next day and I showed my teacher. It's like, wow doesn't even have idea about all the syntax I used. Because I can remember I Google some things on my mom's <laughs> Java phone. 
Mm-hmm. You know, that phone, 10 MB is like 1 gigabyte. <laughs> so I googled some stuff and I was able to complete my shooter game. Mm-hmm. So I ran the code on the system throughout the break. While my friends were eating and justing, I was with my like, teacher trying to write my code and see it work on my on his laptop. Wow. So after writing more than 1,000 lines of code of basic, I was able to see my first game, my first program run on his computer, which is a shooter game. Mm. And um, also, then my teacher called me to introduce me to a class, programming class, basic programming class after school. Then he showed me the programs he did on mathematics, trigonometry, menstruation. Then I was so motivated to go and try it on mathematics. Since I love math, I'm, I was one of the best students of math in my school then. I came back home, I was in SS1. I took the textbook and I wrote the code to calculate any math equation, any mathematical problem, anything from the exercise, everything it can solve the calculator. My intention was to make a super calculator that students don't have to worry again. You just have to like simultaneous equations, quadratic graph, all mm-hmm. these stuff like that complex. You don't have to solve. Yeah. All you have to do is just put the values wow. to show you this step. And even plot a graph for you on the calculator. Wow. <laughs> so wow. to make things faster. So after that, I wrote a code, but the only thing I couldn't solve was probability. So I was I tried QBasic, I tried mini method, I wasn't able to solve probability because it's a game of chance. Mm. So I now decided to learn Python. Mm. Started learning Python. <laughs> I don't have access to the internet. So I learned Python was after installing the software from my brother's hard drive. I now saw a documentation, started reading documentation from A to Z, like everything. I read the documentation. You after read Python documentation? Everything. Then I didn't understand most of the parts, but what I was looking for was just how to solve probability. I can remember I made use of lists um, and dictionaries. Then some inbuilt maths function from Python okay. and some other modules to, able, to be able to solve probability. After solving the probability, I now dived into web design and I started HTML. I don't know about CSS <laughs> and JavaScript. <laughs> I'll just write code. I rather be like, okay, can you change this to this? Can you like move this from left to center or from right to center? I'm like, I can't do it now. It's not possible. He said, <laughs> it's because you don't know it. I said, I know it. He said, because I don't know it. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know how I learned CSS and JS. Mm-hmm. I think I learned all this too from how to do videos. I'll just go on YouTube. How to, how to, how to, how to. Wow. From wow. then, I learned how to do CSS and bit of JavaScript. So actually, how I learned HTML from my brother. He went for a two days um, workshop on web design. He came back and he showed me his book. I can see it was welcome to my website with pink background. When I <laughs> when I read the code, so I was like, wow. So I decided to make a technology website for myself, for my school. I told my teacher, he said, why don't I make a blog? At that moment, I don't I have no idea what a blog was. <laughs> I don't want to say, sir, what's a blog? Because I was feeling like, well, if I can program, well, I should, I should not even have a blog. So I came back home, did my research about what is a blog, and discovered that I'm supposed to make an educational blog since for a school. 
I decided working. I decided, uh, started working on the blog. I don't know CSS. I don't know JavaScript. I don't even know any backend language. I want to work <laughs> on the blog. So I did the layout. Um, the welcome the stuffs and the categories. Okay. Very static. I even wrote the categories there. So I'm the one to be updating the blog all the time. Whoa. So <laughs> for the science category, the background was blue. <laughs> Everything blue. The background was red. So when I presented it to schools during science week, imagine that nonsense website. I can't remember our projector. Everybody was now clapping. Wow, but they have a programmer in school. <laughs> 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 and the funny part, the funniest part is that um the MC and like the VP. I was the principal, I think I should be the principal. Now stood up and spoke. And it's like they will now start calling the Bill Gates of, <laughs> <laughs> of my school. <laughs> but actually that motivated me a lot, even though I didn't understand what I was doing then. So it motivated me a lot in learning more. Then from then I started I have this mindset of building something big. At least I can start getting money the little knowledge I have. So I decided to make, <laughs> since my Zuckerberg made it, let me to make it from Fusion Network. That's a very short network called Panda. So I told my brother, he actually doesn't like the idea. He's a programmer too. He actually doesn't like the idea, but he can't say no to me because you know, I was a beginner and I was curious. So he was helping me do the design on paper <laughs> because he doesn't want to write code. So he asked me to write code. So I'll, I'll write a code and now I had very bad like i'm not good at css so the design was very bad and my brother doesn't like the design because that's not what he did okay so from then he will start teaching me some part of css he showed me this and say okay i can move i can use the syntax move to the center and stuff like that so i wrote 30 good features of <laughs> social network from gaming virtual reality since then and augmented reality all these stuff with your phone so I was working on Jujan Network for two good days. Wow. Two years. Yeah, two years. Hmm. I was working on it. So, uh, when I, after that two years, I think SS, when I was in SS3 then, first time, I discovered that Mark Zuckerberg and his team at Facebook implemented all my 30 features. <laughs> <laughs> From virtual reality, gaming, and stuff like that. Wow. So, I lost. In, I didn't lose interest, actually. I didn't give up. But I knew that I learned a lot from the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can start something different. I can start something new. Like uh, some more, so you have most memory from some of the things you Yeah, done. because that's how I learned CSS from that social network. Mm-hmm. I because the UI was actually different from any. I've never seen the UI up to now. The UI I did. I learned a lot from the process, and that's how I even learned PHP. I know I would, I wouldn't be happy to hear this. <laughs> so that's how I learned PHP too, because I have to do backend. Okay. So I learned PHP from thanks to all, some people that helped me, like my sister's friend Mohammed. He gave me tutorials for PHP. Okay. How to write blog and stuff like that. So whenever I have a problem, I don't actually know what I'm writing, but I know I'm writing code. And I'm understanding the code. So whenever I have a problem, PHP have this stupid um stuff like that. When you have a, an error on line 20, you show like 800 or something. So I'll go and like, wow, what did I do here? So I'll clean the whole code. Wow. And start all over again. Just to figure out my error. I'll be so careful writing the syntax. So that's how I learned PHP. And 
I'm very sure now I can write more than 1,000 lines of code than an error mm-hmm. I mean, on PHP. So that really helped me a lot developing the social network. So then I decided, then that was the three, I decided to focus on my work and Nico stops. I stopped programming for a meantime. So after that, after my work and Nico during the holiday before getting admission, I was looking for an idea to implement. I asked my brother, I said he has no idea to give me. I went online on a group African IT developers. I asked. Nobody even liked my my post. <laughs> <laughs> so there was no comment. There was no like. I asked again. There was no comment. There was no like. I then I was checking ideas about programming. I then discovered hackathon. It's like what is this hackathon? And now such like a it's like an event where programmers come and build stuff overnight and yeah. stuff like that. So I'm like I've never attended one. I've never been to one. I don't even know how it works. Mm. But at least I can make an online hackathon where programmers and developers can come in Nigeria or Africa to develop stuff. And if you have if you have a project you're working on, people together can come and okay. do stuff on you. So I decided to share the idea <clears throat> on the group so that I can have a lot of developers to work it. So I shared the idea on the group. And I can still remember we have um one thousand. I had one thousand comments. Wow. More than three thousand likes. Mm. So everybody wants to join. Everybody wants to do implement the idea. So I was like, wow. If in fact some people, some companies offered free hosting and free domain for me. Mm. So they gave me their number and stuff like that. So I chose like the seven best people that were able to um. Satisfy, satisfy my needs. We started working on it. Uh, I call it Chakathon. Chaka and Hackathon. Chaka is a Greek word called hack. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I just call my Chakathon. <laughs> so we started working on it like two months, three months. We built the web app and stuff like that. In fact, you can, I can be just like GitHub, but in like, it's not the, we have this thing called Chaka Hub, just like GitHub. I'll be coding. You will see what I'm writing by your side. Okay. And I'll be seeing what I write on the side. So like teams can work together. Okay. And you can see the code you're writing. And so we building on that. Then I got admission. And my mom said, I have to stop programming. <laughs> because I'm going to university. University is not like secondary school and stuff like that. So I had I have to stop. And I told and I told everybody in the group that I'm sorry but I just have to stop programming for now so everybody just like how can you just quit quit <laughs> like that it's, it doesn't work like that even though you're in school we know but I said I just have to quit everybody said okay people left the group I think three people still in the group up to now so I came to university with the intention of just reading being that <laughs> bookworm again I thought I left programming but I still have this idea since this is too of creating a new internet, a new infrastructure. Like I just don't under, I just don't like how the internet is. I just feel like there's something missing. Like when mm. it comes to security, that's why <laughs> my first insider security would be happy. Because like because the internet was not created to be secured. Yeah, that's it's, why it's, it's secured. It's uh it's the idea is to be open. To be open and share stuff like there's one thing Aminu Bakori told me, Aminu Richard, he said that all these softwares are hackable it's because they are meant to be hackable. Mm. 
we can have a hundred percent hard proof system. And I didn't believe at that time, but I still like have this belief that the internet is just something something missing. So I started like researching about how to create my own internet. Discovered all this afternet, getting free information from space, but I don't have the resources. Then I decided when I came to Nineveh, I was talking to my friends. We're trying to use satellite technology to transmit data using satellites to people, homeless people. But like, so people don't even have satellites at home. So how would they receive all this information? And the idea died down. So one day I met Minister in class. I mean, he was sitting on a scooter on his on his phone. So I went and like, are you Minister? He said yes. What happened? He said. Peter told me about you. He said, okay, that we are a programmer. Then I said, ah. <laughs> the guy is always wearing hoodie. So whenever okay. you see him, you know it's him. So I asked him what he was doing. He was writing a password cracking tool in Python then. <laughs> so you know, it's a cyber security. So, okay. <laughs> so he now showed me his framework he's working on since then, WebJS. It was just very is just like baby walk then i was like oh, see this guy he can do this in a day <laughs> but i didn't tell him attention okay. <laughs> so i told him about the idea of the internet he said we can build a very simple internet today i'm like are you serious like, yeah we can use udp or all this tcp communication to transmit data okay then we he didn't have laptop then i my laptop is desktop so there was no light so we went back to back of the class me and him were writing code. He was the one actually writing the code, and I was I did the I wrote drew the infrastructure of how it should how, how it's supposed to be. Okay. So he was using Droid Script to write the code. We were able to finish after seven hours of programming throughout. We missed two classes. Mm. <laughs> so after seven hours of coding, we were able to test it, and it was working. We were able to te- send text. In fact, we were able to send voice. Wow. Just that day. I was able to achieve a lot. Since that day, it changed my mind, mindset that I just have to come back to programming. <laughs> Mom, I'm sorry, I can't do it. <laughs> so I came, actually st- um, came back home, collected the Droid script application, went through the documentation, and built a user interface for the network okay. that allows people to access it faster. So, but unfortunately, Minister was sick, so the stuff stopped. After writing tests and everything, we continued. So the main idea on the, on, on the of the network is having an intelligent based network mm. that is fully decentralized. Imagine if there's nothing like Cuba, I can just reach my driver faster, okay. and you get more money because there's no middleman middle called Cuba. Imagine if I can access, I can make communication with you directly through this so-called Facebook, WhatsApp, and the rest. Mm-hmm. And if there's anything like Facebook, if I upload my picture, data is money. They pay me and they get more money. Mm-hmm. Because they utilize our data to build powerful models like all these machine learning and big data stuffs. So that was the idea behind it. It's going to be decentralized. Mm-hmm. And the idea of having slow networks everywhere, we, everywhere like slow network, M10, they won't, it's no more because the, the, that's the AI inbuilt the network. Hmm. That actually selects the fastest route to give you. So it knows, like, it's tribe with trap, like, it selects the fastest route. So they, they won't be slow network again, ever, ever again. 
so it will be 3g or 4g anything all through and it's free that's just the main thing it's free it's free internet for everyone free resources free educational resources you can make video calls for free you can make audio calls for free you can browse for free stream for free everything is for free you don't need to buy anything you don't need to buy a time before you can make calls <laughs> you don't need to buy data before you can browse so that was the main idea behind it like mm-hmm. because 70 percent of the world lives without internet yeah so that was the idea trying to solve this problem helping all these people come online just imagine oh, but i don't wish for it something happened in nigeria they see tsunami or tornado and all the cables are gone how do you communicate you don't know if your family is okay you can't reach you you can't reach them there's no network all the cables are cut off how do you connect there's no way but with micronets you can connect even though there's all these disasters you can still connect your loved ones and it's free you have to go and start looking for a shop that's been destroyed to get your charge card. In fact, let's assume since now we have all this bank USSD, you can recharge from your bank. What if there's no network? There's no network to recharge from the bank. How do you recharge from the bank? In fact, if there's no network, how do you even make the call? There's no way you can make the you can make the call. So what's like the driving technology behind the micronet? Like what's powering it? I actually the thing that we wanted point was a very small antenna. Like okay. you buy a device, the antenna communicates with the main host. So like each city we have like a server room. Okay. So the antenna communicates with the server room and the server room communicates with the server room and server room communicates with the server room. But all the antenna communicate to a server room. But the main thing is that what the server room does is that it doesn't store your data. It actually just validates your data and splits your data around the network. Imagine you're uploading a 10 MB file on Micronet and um, that 10 MB file is splitted into 1000 files. And that 1000 files is splitted into 100 devices. And all these files splitted are encrypted. And this encryption changes after every 20 seconds that inbuilt machine learning model. Unlike generating random keys, and generate a new set of encryption with a key assigned to the to the owner of that information. Okay. So each after, like let's assume a hacker tries hacking to a network, micronet network. After hacking, getting a single portion of your file. After spending days trying to decrypt what it means, coming back yes. to just get the other information, it has changed. A new encryption, in fact, a new location for that file has been changed on the server room or on the on the other devices. All the server room does is receives your file, split it, encrypt it, and and get um spread it to the other devices. After twenty seconds or after a week, it retrieves it, do the same, split it. It doesn't store any of your data, so nobody knows where this information is coming from. So everybody has the right to publish any information you want. There's no room for fake news. No, no, no room for government controlling our network or our data. You are in charge of your data. And there was an idea we we're trying to implement blockchain cryptocurrencies. The more you browse, the more you mine coins, micro coins. 
So as you are browsing, as you are on Micronet, you are getting money. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the idea. So everybody would like to be on Micronet because everybody <laughs> would like to get money. Okay, so uh, what what has been the driving force for you? Like, what has been that thing for you that like this? Is what I love to see, or this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. What's your why? Well, the reason was when I was programming, I started programming. I have no access to the internet. I suffered a lot. I don't want the next generation to suffer. I want information to be free for everyone. In fact, now just imagine if you want to understand how the internet is being done. The paper published by Tim Berners-Lee is he hidden? We don't know. Is hidden? How like how does internet work? Like how was infrastructure created? What language or how was it created? That was one. SIM card. Have you ever wondered how your SIM card works? How it was programmed? Who programmed it? You search on Google, you won't see any information about it. Okay, you've, you've taken our time. I've, I've taken... In fact, um, recently my HOD went to his office. He said, like, do you, he was working on my um, SIM, like a device that could, you can use for SIM card on your phone. And when, you don't, when there's no need to glue, to switch to empty and use the item for your glue. Okay. She was asking us, like, do you know that SIM card is a fraud? I laughed and said, Sir, why do you say so? He said, go and search Google. He said, yeah, he spent the last four years searching for research papers. There's nothing about SIM card at all. So that was the reason I decided to make Micronet. Having free access to a lot of resources, learning resources, because education is supposed to be free. Yeah. And stuff like that. And so you are an open source person? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an open source person because the college is definitely not going to be open source. No, no, no. I'm not talking about... Uh, <laughs> you contribute to some open source projects. Yeah, that, sure, that's sure, what, sure, That's sure. what I mean. Yes, 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 yes. You contribute to yeah. some open source projects. Okay. Uh, l- let's talk about... Uh, when you started, uh, uh, outside from your brother, like that, that was like also guiding you in some ways did you have any other person that was like a mentor then or that was like okay this person is like a guide for you that was like okay, this is how you do this this is how you do that that was like showing you what to do and what next to do mm, i'm not sure <laughs> i was suffering i learned everything myself from scratch from how to write a tag html to everything from machine learning everything i learned it myself from the help with the help of Google, of course. Yeah. Wow. So that's why I learned. Well, sometimes I'll ask my sister when she travels to like when there's Wi-Fi in, the, in her place to download tutorials for me. Then I will have to wait for like two weeks before she come back and I will watch all the tutorials. When she's traveling, I'll give her the list. She will download and I have to wait for another two weeks or a month. Wow. So that's how I suffered to learn programming, and now it's worth it. So there was the issue of uh, light. There was the issue of internet. There was the was issue of light, internet, resources, mm. people around to motivate you. Because most of my friends don't even understand what I'm doing. Because none of them was interested in a computer. And there was only one of my, one of my friends that was a programmer in my place. And I've been looking for, programmer, for programmers in my place, Kefi, for around four years. And I've not seen any. Wow. Till last year, when I met our, was telling me that there are programmers in Kefi. Like, wow, I didn't even know. Draw my steam. 
So there was nobody to motivate me then at all. Just me, myself, and my computer. <laughs> wow, amazing. Okay, uh, we'll go to a segment and this podcast is called Demystifying the Myth. Okay. We'll pick any myth that you want to demystify for us today. Like just one thing that people are thinking or people have this notion, but it's actually wrong about programming or about uh, AI or machine learning or whatever. One myth. Okay. The myth is that... <laughs> When people hear about AI, the first thing that comes to people's mind is killer robots. <laughs> AI, <laughs> is going to destroy, <laughs> AI is going to destroy humans and stuff like that. I won't I won't say no, it's going it's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm going to say yes, it's going to happen. Because there's a stage we call the singularity. Some scientists call transcendence. I'm not going to go into that. People can be scared on this podcast. I'll just say, okay, let me just switch it off this podcast. There's a movie called Transcendence. Like... Okay, yeah, there's a movie called Transcendence. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So, but the thing is that the field we are of AI now, the godfather of AI, modern artificial intelligence, Sir Geoffrey, Professor Geoffrey Hinton of um, Stanford, okay. which is a vice president of Google right now, he said, people, the old-fashioned AI, is one we are thinking about. The ones of killer robots, Terminator, and stuff like that. But the modern AI is modeled after how the brain works. Okay. Whereby you have a connection. Let's like, let me just say, the normal programming is for you to write code and see your output. But the modern AI is modeled after how the brain works, whereby you just show a computer this, and it will learn to create that yeah. itself. So instead of writing code, you allow the computer to write its own code. So that's the breakthrough in the AI now. So like we have self-driveless cars, we have intelligent systems. In fact, AI is almost everywhere. Yeah. From Google search to your phone, autocomplete, to eBay, Yahoo, YouTube, Netflix, and all these sites. But people, you only just hear about AI. I think AI is taking over humans, Terminator. And taking over jobs. But yes, AI is going to take over jobs. Definitely has to a lot because now AI can draw more than humans. AI can paint more than humans. AI can write code more than humans. Yeah, AI can now write code. Recently, that I think 2016, Google did mine after creating AlphaGo. During the competition between AlphaGo and the world champion of Go, AlphaGo was able to write its own code because it discovered that. There was no any, any other chance of winning at all. So it rewrite its own code, generate a new move. Like over a century, nobody has ever made that move. It's the first in the world. Everybody thought AlphaGo was made a mystic. But the champion was like, wow. So something like this, a computer is creative like this, be able to rewrite its own code and bring out a new method. Of how to solve a problem. So now instead of us writing code, you only show computers, okay, I want you to do this. I'll train you over what I want you to do. I do it for me. But let's go back about the transcendence and singularity. There will be a time whereby we have intelligent AI, an AI that can feel, an AI that can sense, an AI that can think. So that moment we can't we don't have control over artificial intelligence systems. Because they can think, they can act like humans, they can behave like humans, so they can turn over humans. <laughs> but, for not, now. To, not to be scared, that's like, 
200 years coming and it won't be alive by then. So it's nothing to worry about. In fact, it's more than 200 years coming. But the AI we are now is AI for solving problems. Okay. Not AI for destroying humanity. The AI we have now is an AI that will work with humans. Okay. Just imagine you are working on your final year project and you are having an issue with um, part a research you are working on. You just ask an AI to get resources for you. So are you going to Google? It to read all these resources that you are supposed to read and bring out the resources you actually need. So you don't have to like skim or go through and edit or remove this. You just have to copy and paste. And you're done. You can finish your project in two days with the help of an with the help of an AI. So it's going to help us a lot from speech recognition, how humans recognize, uh, how computers recognize voice, to natural language processing, how they understand the context of what we are saying. Because now, just like, like how I'm speaking to you, a computer can't get every word I'm saying. Exactly. Because we have different tongue, accent, intonation, and stuff like yeah. that. So with the help of neural networks, probably in the next 10 years, computers should be able to do that. Yeah, I, th- I think I've even seen like uh, translators. Yeah, like so, Google Translate. Like, okay, yeah, yeah all these. Um, you, you put a headset, yeah. you, you travel to a foreign country, you can speak their language, and someone is talking to you, it's translated. It's, yeah, that's with the work of um, artificial intelligence and machine learning. Some people might be using machine learning, or some might be using uh, artificial neural networks. Are the, they different? Yeah, they're a lot different. Oh, wow. Actually, machine artificial neural network is a subfield of machine learning. Okay. But the normal mach- the traditional machine learning algorithms we have can't do as much as um a neural network because they are hardcore coding. But for a neural network, you just make a model, let's say 40 lines of code, give it an input and give it an output. Between these three um steps of a neural network. Input layer, hidden layer, and output layer. So you're giving the input and giving the output. The hidden layer is what's um where the training will go. Okay. So to train itself to try to produce your output. It trains itself. Train itself. Okay. By itself. That's how AlphaGo was able to rewrite its own code. Wow. It played a lot and it discovered there's no way for it to win. So it tried its own code. Mm-hmm. That's why it happens. Wow. So an AI can now, after having a program that can write its own code, is mis- is like <laughs> <laughs> that's futuristic. That's futuristic. Programmers that think that they are just the ones that are not getting out of job. Programmers, I'm sorry, I <laughs> 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 get out of job too. No, I think for now that that something that could not be substituted is empathy and um, emotions and and the human touch. Yeah, we, whatever we do, that that's something phenomenal that we have. Yeah, it's true. Well, when I talk about like emotions, some people say, Okay, about Sophia, that robot, she can feel, she can sense emotion. <laughs> I'll look at them like, Okay, are you there? What happens to Sophia is that it's hardcore machine learning coding, okay, and this what we call sentiment analysis. Yeah, actually, it just understands it, she just understands the context of the message you're trying to send to her. And she'd be like, okay, is this message supposed to um expect an angry face reply, a sad reply, or a happy reply? Mm. So depending on the sentiments, she would okay, she'll smile, she might frown, she'll do anything. And I think I don't I don't know, but all of her brain can be in her body. She might be connected to a server somewhere. Mm. So she's on the internet, she's learning all the time. Mm. So with her model and the server somewhere, 
she's learning and learning so she can be able to reply any kind of conversation you are doing to her and she'll be able to, using the same analysis algorithm she can be able to change her face emotion and stuff like that hmm. wow amazing amazing so what do you think are some of the best ways one can learn a new programming language <laughs> say you want to start over again and now you have a system working system and you have access to internet do you mean like that person have a knowledge of programming already no okay someone started uh from scratch okay. how how do you well after getting a laptop the best thing is to learn python because mm-hmm. python is the easiest language and it's my favorite some people say i love python that's why i don't like the other languages mm-hmm. it's my favorite and it's the simplest and with python you can do almost anything you want from android applications iOS application. You could build Android applications with Python. Yes. Wow. In fact, currently, I'm working on a framework based on Python that allows you to write Android, iOS, and Windows applications. Wow. With one sim, with the same code. All you have to do is that just deploy it to your Windows app, Windows phone, iOS phone, Android phone, and the amazing part of the framework is that. It uses cross-platform interface, so the interface changes on each devices. You know, Android is material design, iOS is flat design, and Windows is material design, metro design. So all of these designs are implemented in the framework, mm. and depending on your device, it will change the design. But it's just one line of the same code you write. Wow, wow. wow. And in fact, with the help of my friend, we're able to make a new language on top of it. That you don't have to write much code on the framework. You just have to write like let's see, number stuff like that. You just see the design and everything there inbuilt, so you don't have to worry about going to Java, Objective C or Swift. Now coming back to C Sharp, just build one application. Mm-hmm. No, wow, wow. With Python, you can do a lot. In fact, almost anything you can imagine, from <laughs> simulating your real world to physics to mathematics, statistics, machine learning, AI, computerization, web design too. And so the person should start with Python? Yeah, And Python. what do you think are some of the best resources? Well, the best resources to learn Python is um, a Udemy course I, I took too, to be master Python. It's called um, Python Bootcamp. Okay. So it teaches Python from beginner to professional and gives you the next step to take. Are you going to dive into web design? Are you going to take machine learning or data analysis? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to other fields like gaming? You can also build games with Python. Wow. Yeah. Mm, amazing, amazing. Okay, uh, we are uh, almost running out of time, but before we, we go, if uh, there are some things you did when you were starting that, now at this stage and level where you are, you, you know better and you would not repeat some of those things. Are there any so, so, some mistakes you made or some pitfalls you know you could avoid as an as an now? Yeah. One of the first mistakes I did and I'm still avoiding is code for money. Hmm. After learning programming, everybody wants to start making money from this own code. Hmm. But the best thing about programming is that create like code to solve problem. Wow. Solve the problem first. Then you come back to end. This one thing I said, learn, then remove the L. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. you have to learn. Then you can earn. Then you can earn. Mm. Learn, create fun project, solve your own problem. 
imagine um we are you, are all, you don't like doing assignment or you forget doing your assignment make a reminder application with once you learn hmm. it reminds you if let's assume we are we are very lonely like i stay alone here so but i can make a bot that can we can just together <laughs> so <laughs> so at least my loneliness will be killed so just make something at least just build something you don't have open like you just say okay i don't have resources just build in fact if your system is desktop look for light build something mm-hmm. after building solve a problem after solving a problem push it out to the market or like go to attend meetups show people what you build they'll give you feedbacks mm-hmm. or programming groups show them what you build they will give you feedback mm-hmm. Expect very very bad feedbacks. <laughs> so people will say like website people will complain like your website is slow, very slow. So but don't be disappointed. Just try to improve it. Mm. Just build something. You don't have a, just don't have drive to say okay I don't have this. Just try and build. Not wow, just what wow. programming is all about building. Amazing, amazing. Okay, so on a uh, closing note, what would be like your parting words for our audience? Uh, it it's been an amazing conversation. I've learned a whole whole lot. I I can tell you that, and so close us. Okay. Well, the thing is, I'm going to take this to beginners and okay. those that are into Python and machine learning. For beginners, try and learn. Just learn first. Solve a problem. Build. Contribute. Learn. Then end. You have to learn before you end. There's no rush in life. Mm. Everybody will make it. You just have to be patient. Yeah. People that are into Python, well, Python is easy as you think, but you just have to master Python as much as you can. There's more into Python that you can think. There's machine learning, there's data analysis, there's artificial intelligence. And the next thing is that um, data science is the future. AI is growing into a fast field. It's eating everywhere. It, like um, Andrew, professor at Stanford said, artificial intelligence is the new electricity. Wow. It's going to go everywhere. Hmm. Everywhere. Any, every tool is going to be using AI in the future. I'm not saying that web dev or Android is in the future, but the main trend at that time will be AI because all these algorithms will now be implemented in our website and our Android apps. Mm. So if you're a web designer, if you're an Android programmer, you can still learn AI. Mm. There are same modules like in Java and JavaScript. You can just go and learn. Stop making excuses like I just want to be a web developer and earn money. I just want to blog <laughs> and earn money. It's not always about the money. It's always about the fun, mm. the fun aspect of programming. That's what makes us programmers. Yeah. Yeah, well, amazing, amazing, phenomenal, boss. Uh, <laughs> I, I trust that you've picked uh, a ton of information and nuggets from today's episode. Looking forward to you creating awesomeness. You remember, the only way to be great and do stuff that matters is to just keep being out there, putting yourself out there, keep doing and executing. Have an amazing weekend. I will see you next week.